Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 522, air date February 19th, 2020. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'd like to ask a question about the coronavirus and its relationship to political events. You know, I put forward a concept about several weeks ago called biomedia warfare. It's basically the integration of biological engineering, you know, developments in science, combined with media, where media can do propaganda, and using that to conduct warfare. It could be against outside enemies or against people within a state that the state could use their own internal people. And I want to go back to that because I've been thinking about it, and the more and more I start looking at what's going on with the coronavirus, um, it would be irresponsible for me not to put this out there as you know a, a potential real uh, set of things that the Chinese government is doing to attack its own citizens. So the thesis here is this, that the Chinese government has been having growing dissent from its own people for health and freedom, and probably truth, but let's just look at health and freedom. And remember, the Chinese government is not a democratic government. It's a small set of people who control vast amounts of resources and vast amounts of military force against their own people. So it's a small set of people. What, if you want to understand political theory, it would be called state capitalism. The Chinese government is not really communist, far from it. If anything, they're fascist, or to be more precise, in economic terms where the state, the government, has fused with the oligarchs of capital, which means people who own the resources. So imagine in the United States, a small set of um, the, the top 100 CEOs of the US uh, Fortune 1000 companies merging with the bureaucracy of the government and then imposing their will on everyone else. That is what China really has. It's really state capitalism. Now that entity has massive amounts of force and they do not want any dissent. At least in the United States, we can protest. Uh, we have uh, some level of the First Amendment uh, still that's there, even though there's attacks on it through people like Google and Facebook and other people. But there's a tremendous amount of repression in China. So if your people are starting to rise up and wanting to dissent in China, if you protest, you're probably going to get shot or thrown in jail. But consider this. You know, if you look in the vicinity of literally six months before the coronavirus, you had Hong Kong explode, explosively growing, massive protests, massive protests for freedom. So that was a freedom movement in Hong Kong. And China really did not want this. So that's starting to occur. And what a lot of people do not know, there was a similar movement for health right in the city of Wuhan in the Hubei province. And I, I was wondering about this, and I, you know, I tweeted this out there, and, and I you know, sort of did some searchings, and I want to uh, sh uh, share with you, if you simply go to um, mm -hmm. Google and you type in Wuhan protests, you'll see, in fact, six months before this, there were some important protests taking place in Wuhan. And they were protests, essentially, uh, of the Chinese people in the city, which is Hubei province, where the, where the virus first showed up, against a incinerator plant that was going on. So here's one of the BBC articles, if you have the chance to go to it. You'll see what the article really talks about is incinerator plant uh, sparks mass unrest. 
okay? It's not a simple protest, but mass unrest. And as you read through it, you can see these protests. It goes, while the world's attention has been uh, focused on the protests in Hong Kong. By the way, uh, Wuhan and the Hubei province is about 500 miles uh, from, um, from uh, you know, uh, Hong Kong. It's not that far away. It's, you know, it's a neighboring city uh, in some sense. And another Chinese city has been witnessing unrest on a scale rarely seen, rarely seen on the uh, mainland of China. Thousands of citizens in Wuhan, the capital city of central Hubei province, took to the streets last week for several days. Now you have to understand, people do not simply take to the streets in China unless you're willing to risk your life. That means things have gotten really bad for people to do this. Hong Kong is sort of a way, but in Wuhan, which is in the Hubei province, for people to do this, they must have become quite angry, quite desperate, and in fact, willing to give up their lives to do this or willing to go to prison. So this is what was happening as you read this article. And it says they were angry about a planned waste incinerator plant they say will bring dangerous levels of pollution to their town. We have to understand that the Paris Accords, as I've talked about, allowed China to double their pollution. They could double their pollution from 11 billion carbon metric tons to 22 billion. So China has a major garbage problem. They have too much garbage and they don't know how to get rid of it. So their only way is to build these very toxic incinerator plants. And the people of China, you know, they too, the everyday people want a better life like you and I, and they've been starting to rise up and there have been protests in China. But the Wuhan protests was quite extraordinary because 10,000 people came out and these protests were growing. And it says, as a protester steadily grew over the week, a censorship and public security operation kicked in to try to keep a lid on the unrest. So this was occurring in June and July. And why were they so angry as you, as you, lead about, as you read about this? Um, uh, the Wuhan desperately needs to find a way to handle the waste generated by 10 million residents. So it has drawn up plans for a huge incinerator to be based in the uh, Yanglo zone of the Xinxu district where about 300,000 people live. So that incinerator plant had sparked massive amounts of protests all over China. So this is something that, you know, it was reported, but no one's, and here's some local media coverage. You can see the number of police. It's, it's sort of a fuzzy shot of people going, but the police were unleashed on these people. And there, so there was lots of literally, you know, fights taking place with the police and people. And the, and the way the government has responded to this um, has been initially, or what we know, is to crack down really hard. The local police are quite brutal on this protest. Now, this report, and I'll read you another one, says, how unusual is this for China? It says, China often sees public protests like this, but mostly on a smaller scale. While the Ch Chinese public have largely avoided protests about political reform since Tiananmen, that means people have been afraid to do this, but... This incident, well known at a, at a time of lighter censorship in the local government, ended up moving the location of the project out of the city. So this was a different incident that occurred in a different city. But the point is that there were massive protests in the Wuhan province. And as you read about this, what you find is that the last news we get is that they, the, the government apparently chose to not build a plant. And let me go to another article here, that, and you can find this yourself. Um, uh, right on Google, it's pretty easy to find these articles. You'll find that what the, what the uh, in another article that you see here, let me go over here. Um, 
here we go, I gotta go to the second page. And what you'll find here is there's another very interesting article, Chinese cities sees protests over air pollution. So what I wanna emphasize to you was that people in China actually do care about their health. Um, and so you had the Hong Kong protests going on for freedom, and then you had the health protests. People wanted clean air in China. They did not want the Chinese government starting to burn this in the Wuhan city. So here's a second article which comes out, um, and there's a number of these articles, and it really talks about the global air quality index in China, and as you can see, it's pretty bad. And, um, and, and they call it the pollution protests that were occurring through China. Again, the mainstream media hasn't, we haven't, I mean, we've heard about it, but it hasn't been connected into what's going on with the coronavirus. So there was massive amounts of protests going on. And, it, and as this says, it says, and, in the, and, and it says, and in Wuhan, thousands showed they would rather defy police batons and potential imprisonment than choke on bad air. Let me repeat that again. And in Wuhan, thousands showed up, showed that they would rather defy police batons and potential imprisonment than choke on bad air. So this is a very important fact that I don't think we're focusing on. And I think we should really bring this back to this point that Hong Kong was growing. It was all over the front pages everywhere. But the Wuhan protests, some newspapers reported about it about six months ago, and then they sort of died off. And now six months later, we have this thing called the coronavirus in Wuhan in the Hubei province, in, in the capital city. And I would argue that what a powerful opportunity for a state, an autocratic fascist state, to use bio, biological warfare on its own people. And it's fascinating because if you see some of these people being dragged away, they look pretty healthy. And there's a recent video that came out about a woman talk, crying and talking about that she's willing to fight and the abusive way that the Chinese government is operating. So I really want to put this hypothesis forward and encourage all of you guys, maybe we should all do more research, that the Chinese government has released biomedia warfare. And as a biological engineer, I can tell you what's interesting about this virus is it has a high infectivity rate, low mortality rate, which means it can spread low mortality. And a lot of the people that it's really killing are older people who have a pre-existing condition, okay? Very different than SARS or the MERS virus, which had a, about a, a 10 to 20%, uh, 10% 10 to 30% uh, respectively uh, mortality rate. So this infects more. And so, you know, it's great to sort of spread out viral news or viral infection, lower uh, mortality rate primarily among uh, the uh, those with pre-existing conditions. But it's an amazing tool because we don't read, see Hong Kong anymore. We don't hear anything about Wuhan. And I would like to say that, once again, where the health and freedom protests rising up, something that the Chinese state capitalist government could not uh, know how to deal with. And the only way to do this was to release this virus and then use the virus as media propaganda to go after protesters and probably leaders and, and probably because there's so much media control, how do we know there's not a growing massive revolutionary movement growing within China against the abuse of Chinese government? And that's really the question I'd like to leave you with. And by the way, before I go, one of the things I wanna share with you is that this notion of people using biological warfare against their own people or other 
uh, uh, people in, um, in, uh, in war is not foreign. Uh, there's a wonderful paper, you can look it up by Stefan Reidel, which is called uh, Biological Warfare and Bioterrorism, a Historical Review. And uh, if you read it, it really goes about the early use of biological warfare. And there's a very nice table in here, um, which you can open in a window. And what it shows here is that, you know, this is, uh, you know, people have been doing this for a long time, back to 600 BC, where Solon used the purgative herb uh, hellebore uh, during the siege of Crissa. And all the way, for example, you could see in 1675 when the French and German forces agree uh, to not use poison, poisonous bullets, for example, and where Napoleon flooded the plains around Mantau, Italy, to enhance the spread of malaria. Or you could go in, into 1995, where um, uh, Shinriko used sarin gas in the Tokyo subway system. So uh, you can see that, it, and, or for example, in 1863, when the Confederates sell, uh, sell clothing from yellow fever and smallpox patients to Union troops. So the use of biological warfare against your enemy, in this case, if the enemy of the state is the people, is something that's been going on since 600 BC. So it's not that outlandish. And the Chinese government does not have a First Amendment. They don't have a Second Amendment like we have. So what better way to quell any type of dissent except to release a virus, use the fear of the virus to shut down any dissent, and it creates a wonderful story because now you're also spend uh, you're also putting out a, 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 the global pandemic scare. And by the way, we also need to mention that there's been a huge movement against you know vaccines in this country, and it also comes at the heels of one of the victories that took place in New Jersey. So I just think we should consider this from a government which you know uh, has no First Amendment or Second Amendment. That's a Chinese government. I'm going to take some questions if there are any, and I, I'll, I'll leave this table up here. Is there any questions out there? Let's see what we got. Um, why would China damage its own economy? Uh, they didn't have pre-existing conditions, did they? Are you basing mortality rate on CCP numbers not reliable? Um, why did the initial discovery of a doctor and director of the main hospital for, let's see what else is there. Chinese scientist was escorted out of the only level four lab uh, she goes to Wuhan. Was the woman, uh, was the U.S. woman who died ethnically Chinese? Yeah, so these are some very interesting questions. Um, so what I want to say is, look, the we don't really know what's going on fully inside China, but I can assure you that what we do know is that we don't hear about Hong Kong anymore. And how many of you knew that there were protests in, in Wuhan where this virus showed up? And I want you to consider that. And I just want you to open yourself up to this possibility that we are living in an age where governments can use the fear of viruses combined with media to terrorize their own population when they don't like dissenting opinions. And that's what I want to leave you with. Thank you.